Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ, where I am getting lit up with texts on the the FanDuel text line like this. Chris from Belmont just said, I don't think Panthers fans will like this, but if they're wanting a player gone, I'd lay Burns and get rid of Horn. Pay Burns and get rid of Horn. Burns earned his money. Pay that man. Uh, So you'd pay Brian Burns and get rid of J.C. Horn. Um, Why would you do that now? I don't know. I get rid of Horn, you mean specifically? Yeah. I don't, right. I don't, first of all, his value is, is fairly low at this point because he hasn't played much. Um, we, we've talked about Horn extensively. I understand people's frustration there with the injuries. We all do. We get it. He's a frustrated by it. He's, he, well, right. He's missed way too much time. But he got back out there this year, played well when he was healthy. And, you know, I, I go back to the Musin Muhammad story and others, you know, who've told similar stories, took them two, three years to figure out their health situation in the NFL. And then they were solid after that. Hopefully that's what Horn is. But man, how could you let Horn go right now, g- given the state of this secondary? How could you even consider it, given the state of this secondary? Because it's him and then Dante. Henderson's gone. Yeah, Henderson's as he should gone. Be. What, what are you doing? You, you, you. You're relying on Troy Hill? Well, Troy Hill's a free agent. But so I think they're going to bring him back. I would. I'd yeah, bring him I back. Yeah, I would too, especially now that Vero's back. Right. Right. Um, how, how do you do that? I mean, here we go. Starlet Born GJ just said he's a bust. Horn's a bust? Already? If Horn doesn't work out, it's not because he sucks. It's because he's injury. But we get that. I mean, you're right. But still, like, I mean, we're, we're at bust already? Um, I just, I don't know. That That seems fairly premature. Frustrating, yes, no doubt. But bust, I don't know if we can go there yet. Uh, Texter says, how about restructuring Moten and Jackson or move Jackson and sign Burns and be done with him? Now that, I, I think both those restructures that you just suggested are going to happen. They're going to happen. They have to happen, I think, quite frankly. And they will help with either tagging or signing Brian Burns. There's no question. Um, you don't have to make any decision about Horn right now. That's it. You, you don't have to. I, I think you're playing in one Listen, I know that it's not ideal to sit around and wait for him to get hurt again. But he's a top 10 pick who's looked like one when he's on. The, it'd be one thing if you're like, man, it'd be great if we could ever see what J.C. Horn's really about. Well, I think we know what he's about when he plays. So you find out one more year. If not, you got to move on. It is what it is. Again, you're not you're not chasing Super Bowl. Necessarily. Well, you're always technically chasing the Super Bowl, but it's not likely to happen. What are they, 25,000 to one odds to win the bowl this year? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'd throw 50 bucks on that personally, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. 704-570-9610. And they have really big needs elsewhere. Speaking of, Brad Spielberger this morning joined Mac and Bone again. I really enjoy these conversations they're having with Spielberger. And a lot of you will like what he says right here about finding offensive help. Many of you have expressed, hey, this team has got to go find wide receiver help. They probably need at least two bodies in the wide receiver room. Now, we can debate where they come from and how you go about getting them, but they, they probably need at least two bodies. And as far as free agency goes or, you know, looking for a player off of somebody else's roster currently, Calvin Ridley is somebody Bradley, uh, Brad Spielberger said that they should be looking at. I think he'd be a good option. He's a, still a very good separator. I think he'd come in and be your move receiver, um, you know, and come in and you see him still a good route runner. People will talk about his drops, which no question were there. But you look at the first half of the season versus the second half of the year, and I think as he got his feet underneath him, got back adjusted to the you know speed of the NFL game after an extended absence, the drops came down. So I think it was just focus and 
getting used to getting hit again. And maybe, you know, there was a little bit of thinking of the step he was going to take after he caught football, and, and that led to the drop. So, yeah, still a very, very good player. Um, a, a guy that can be a total target hog. Had a 140, I think, targets this past year in Jacksonville. Can win intermediate and deep. Um, and, and key for Bryce Young. Like, he, he gets open. He's a good route runner. Will create separation and actually show his numbers and, and, and you know, be open. Um, you know, which will go a long way in this offense. That was near the bottom of the NFL and pretty much any separation metric or tight window throw metric, anything you could find, the Panthers' were, receivers were not getting open. All right, there you go. So that, that's Brad Spielberger, a salary cap analyst with Pro Football Focus. He also contributes to OverTheCap.com. So the cap is his specialty. He's also Brad Spielberger Esquire. He's an attorney. Um, smart guy, smart guy. He also, I think this morning, put to rest any notion that Mike Evans – could leave Tampa yet stay within the division and follow Dave Canales to Carolina. I think the Canales connection really matters because you, you saw an offense that really, really prioritized Evans and made him the focal point of the uh, the passing attack and uh, so all those play action deep shots always looking Mike Evans' way. You saw him, I think, attack more you know across the middle of the field um, on, on a lot of posts and different things, not just running a bunch of vertical routes you know, on the boundary. So it is probably a question of. I think in the past, he was willing to maybe take some less money, try to get a ring. He did that with Tom Brady. Does he still want to do that? Or is he looking to now, at the end of his career, you know, cash out to a degree? He's still going to show up and be one of the hardest working guys in the building. I have no question about that. But is he prioritizing money a little bit? And that, I think, is the only way Carolina wins the, you know, wins the negotiation here. It's not a very attractive spot from winning right away. Um, but, yeah, if they want to make him one of the highest-paid wide receivers in the NFL, you know, $22, 23 $24 million a year, then, uh, then they could be in the mix. All right, there you go. So uh, probably not going to happen is what he's saying. Dave Canales' connection certainly matters with Mike Evans, but the Panthers would need to spend, like, top, top dollar on Mike Evans. And are you doing that with a guy who's into his 30s now? I, I just – I love Mike Evans, but it's, again, a question of – Hey, what does it take to get him here? And and does that align with your other goals from a roster standpoint? I, I don't think that it does. I really don't. Now, Wolfpack James said, give me a big body wide receiver like Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, Mike Williams, and draft Malachi Corley. I think Smitty is a big Malachi Corley fan. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Western Kentucky Hilltopper. Yep. By the way, I remember all those people saying, smoke, shut up. We don't care about no Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. And if they're draft prospects, they're in the famous toastery bowl. But who did I mention? Malachi Corley. You did say that. Uh-huh. You did say that. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did say that. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. I'll give you credit there. Thank I'll you. give you credit there. But, again, he's saying, give me a T. Higgins. Uh, you know, uh, uh, who else did he say? Uh, Mike uh, somebody. Uh, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, so on. Well, Brad Spielberger addressed those two directly this morning, T. Higgins and Michael Pittman Jr. I would be surprised if we don't get a tag for both T. Higgins in Cincinnati and Michael Pittman in Indy. The one thing I would say about Higgins is, and I'm not saying I expect this or anything like that, but I think it's more likely that we maybe get a tag there and early negotiations go poorly and he demands a trade. And again, Cincinnati might not, you know, cater to that request or, or really care at all. They've, you know, kind of shown that they go about their business. They, they aren't going to be swayed by what a player says or does. Um, and the player is going to show up and keep playing. So, nevertheless, obviously has the connection to the area as a former Clemson guy. Maybe there's a tag and trade scenario there, but most likely those two players are just, are just not available. There you go. Most likely those two players are just not available. Yeah. 
I, I think that's where we are. Uh, I, I think a hey, big cat Dan, right on time, buddy. Uh, this is about, it's exactly what I was about to say. Like a, a Mike Williams in LA, you know, if, if you're looking for that kind of wide receiver, I mean, the chargers may cut him. I, I know that's not the most exciting thing in the world. It'd be a step up though, from what we've seen here in Charlotte. Yeah. I so, mean, that, it still feels like settling. And the problem is Mike Williams has had injury problems. That's been one of the main concerns throughout his career. Um, so, I, I mean, I get it. He's an older cut candidate. I mean, he can still play. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Mike Williams can still play. That's about the best I've got for him right now. I mean, let's be real, though. Last year, the Panthers, you know, they, they took a risk on an over 30-year-old cap casualty in the form of Adam Thielen. By the way, Mike Williams will be turning 30 uh, by the time the season starts. I mean, if if you if you signed Mike Williams and you drafted a Donnie Mitchell out of Texas or or Malachi Corley or Lad McConkie, Lad McCon- listen, I'm I'm actually very open to Lad McConkey at 33, depending on what you do elsewhere. Depending on what you do elsewhere, I am very open to Lad McConkey. That dude can fly, man. That dude can fly, and. I also I know there's the people feel like there's some redundancy with Adam Thielen. What do we think happens there? Is it possible Thielen's dealt before the draft, maybe, or at the draft? Because like when he's on camera at the end of the season saying things have changed, the plans changed a little bit, right? Plans changed. Okay, okay. Um, Look, I I can think- you can you use that to your advantage? I mean, to cut you off, can you use that to your advantage? If you're the Panthers, can you can you shop him to a contender that thinks they're an Adam Thielen away from their offense being, you know, indefensible? You're not getting the return you want. So I think what you just do is you have Ladd and Adam Thielen here for a year. And then it gets it becomes more attainable to let go of Adam after this upcoming season. And when he has one more year in his deal, and it's not that much, yeah, yeah then you do it then. But like back to the point of Mike Williams, I think if you get him, it's – it's a step up, and I don't think it's necessarily settling. The only thing you have to worry about is a problem we've uh, talked about with J.C. Horn earlier, and it's injuries. Kyle, he played three games last year. He's only played 11 games or 16 games in the last two years. But on those three games he played this year, Kyle, 19 catches, 249 yards, one touchdown. It's not bad. Not bad. It's not bad. And in, in, in 2022, he played 13 games, 63 catches, 895 yards, four touchdowns. The last time he basically played a full season was in 2021. Had nearly 1,150 yards and nine touchdowns. Okay. I mean, you need production. You need product. Like we can't be beggars. Can't be choosers well, in this market. I, I get. It. I, I, I'm not. I, saying I go the, back and forth between that and you know, let's not settle when we don't have to. Yeah. But I, I hear you. I completely understand. Th- to that, in that vein, though. 704 number just said Lad McConkey. Really? That's where our ambitions are? I mean, why do people think Lad McConkey can't play? He's white. Is that is is it because he's a Caucasian? That's the only thing I could think of because outside- the caucasity of this man to insert himself in the conversation. Sorry. No, I mean, but the dude just got open. If it wasn't he's Brock fast. Bass, I mean, the, dude, yes, he is. Like he's gonna run like he's he'll run like a legit four three four four at the combine. Yeah, probably four four. I would say four four two, just a guess. I have no idea. I'm just 
Yeah, he's going to run a 4-4 four four at the combine. Yeah, the dude the dude can get open. And I don't care, like, oh, he's only a slot receiver. I don't really care. We just need wide receivers. Ladd McConkey, he would have had bigger numbers if he didn't get hurt in the middle of last year. So, that, And that's the difference, by the, the real difference, by the way, between him and Adam Thielen. Like, Adam Thielen doesn't have – Adam Thielen's not a fast guy anymore. He's a great r- route runner. You know, he's very savvy. He's into his 30s now. He's not going to He's not gonna run away from people. Like, Ladd McConkey will. AJ, by the way, just said redundancy. Ladd was playing outside largely for Georgia, and please watch that reversed against Florida State and tell me if you think Thielen has that kind of juice. I mean, look, it's not about the Thielen so much as if you're not watching Ladd McConkey. If you don't think Ladd McConkey's going to help a team, I think you're crazy. Ladd McConkey in the right offensive situation is going to help somebody. That dude can fly. He's got good football instincts, and he can get open. He can get open. I also think some people don't want Ladd because they hear Mac wants Ladd. Well, that's you know. <laughs> I'll put it to you like this. Who's, when's the last time Mac went crazy for a white guy at a position where white guys don't usually excel? Christian McCaffrey. Mac was the first guy on Christian McCaffrey in 2017. I wasn't even in here, and I knew that he was a massive Christian McCaffrey fan. Say what you will about Mac. That one worked out. We it, we, it was a massive risk. People thought it was a massive reach to take him at number eight. We missed a joke. We, when you said that, you know, it's because he's he's white, and I said Caucasian, we should have called him Lad McHonky. <laughs> Honestly, I want to call him. I want him to be a stud and just talk a lot of crap, so we can call him Lad McConkey. Uh. Like I've always felt, Lad Lad McConkey should have been a South Carolina wide receiver. Yeah. Think about it. Gamecocks, cocky to mascot. Eh. It, I, I, eh. I, okay. No, I like I like Lad McConkey better. I like that one a lot better. Seven hundred four number said James from Concord said, "Boo! Come on, man. That's good. That's good." Is a bum says no white guy wide receivers. Well, that's stupid. Why not? If they can play, they can play. 704-570-9610. Keep hitting us up. We'll come back. We'll talk some more about this, but also J.J. Jansen weighed in this morning on the Burns situation. We'll talk about what Triple J had to say. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Coming up Friday morning on the Mac and Bone Show, the new look Hornets are back in action. Are they still good? Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I just poured something in my cup. I've been wanting something I can feel. Promise I am never letting up. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. I appreciate the uh, the feedback on the Blue Chew Spots. These, I don't know that I've ever had more fun in my life doing an ad campaign than the Blue Chew Spots. And I think the most... The most common and consistent question I get, lifelong rule hater said, okay, KB, time for a taxi cab confession. What does your wife think about your intercourse champion promo? Same thing she did the first time. She looked at me, she rolled her eyes out the back of her head and then shrugged and said, well, if it pays the bills. So my only concern is making sure that my father-in-law never hears one of these ads. That's it. <laughs> that, that, that's all. A- out of respect for my father-in-law, I just my only concern is that he never hears one of these ads. Otherwise... Nobody cares. Yeah, by the way, for people who don't know his father-in-law, it looks like he is straight from the central casting of The Departed. Yeah, no, he is. Like, he's a little, uh, you know, a little pit bull of a man, but longtime New England firefighter. So, you know, out of respect to him, you know, just try to keep the blue chew ads away from him. Otherwise, it's all good. 704-570-9610. Uh, feel free to hit us up on the text line. Uh, Woody from Stanley. KB, what you know about that J. Cole? Enough. More than enough, as a matter of fact. Uh, Woody from Stanley also said, I like Boodle. Demetrius Boodle. 
<laughs> I could have run with that too. I like me some boodle too, buddy. Um, I was thinking of the Caprio boodle, former Panther. Did I say Demetrius? Yeah. Well, you were thinking of the meat. Did he say Demetrius? No, I think I did. Okay. Well, I was thinking of the Caprio boodle who was on the squad last. We year. just tied everything together. You said you said departed DiCaprio, all of it, right? Boodle. We're all over the place. Uh, but no, I mean DiCaprio boodle coming back is a good thing. Yeah, we, we got into a conversation about depth on defense, how you afford everything, you know, where else they can find help at other positions while trying to make sure the core stays together and find wide receivers and a little bit of offensive line help, which they should probably do because, well, we saw last year. I mean, the good news is Christensen and Corbett are back in the middle. Yeah. I just, the center spot though, is Bradley Bozeman the starting center this year? I don't know. I think the next few weeks will tell us. Like, I'm not rooting against him. No, because we all love Bradley. It's, like, it's hard. What, Walter Payton, man of the year nominee? Like, everybody loves Bradley the Bozeman. Whole Bozeman family for All of matter. them. I yeah. mean, I hope they never leave Charlotte for a lot of reasons. Right. They're wonderful people. Salt of the earth. But it's rough in the middle last year. Yeah. It was I, rough. Also, I also wonder, and, and I don't know if they'll get to play this out, but I also wonder if the lack of a full direction with what the offense was going to be also played a factor into the bad play on the O-line specifically with Icky and Bradley Bozeman. Not like, I, I don't think either way that their styles fit with meshed with that offense, but with them not having a clear and go size plan along with the injuries that that just set them up to be screwed both ways to Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Seven Oh four, five, seven Oh 96, 10. Keep hitting us up. Um, for those asking, I did see the new J Cole drop or the, there's a snippet that drops. I think smoke sent it to me. As a matter of fact, he, he saw it before I did. I have seen it. We will add it to the rotation. As soon as reasonably possible, um, you know, I just I, we we, we want to make sure that you know he knows that we're repping him here in Charlotte because we're fans. Got to find the radio friendly version. Good luck with that. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, also, seven hundred four number said, "Hey, none of this matters. Hornets extend their streak to four and zero tonight. I'm I can't wait. I, I'll see if I can make it for the entire game. Nine o'clock tip tonight. We've got you for pregame at eight. Myself, Travis T Bone, Hancock. We are back together after eight days off. It's gonna be a busy." Busy several. We got a back to back tonight and tomorrow. Then is is it Sunday Monday? After is it back to back back to backs? It's a lot of basketball coming up here post break. Uh, no Sunday Tuesday. Oh Sunday Tuesday. That's yeah. what it is. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's uh, go break some losing streaks uh, this this weekend, guys. We got one tonight, and let's go break the one against Portland on Sunday. Forgot about the Utah losing streak. Yeah, you, you know, I'm glad you said that because we got so hung up on Portland and that losing streak and winning there and, and beating Scoot Henderson the year. Was it March 2006? Is that right? Yes. Uh, when they last beat the Utah Jazz. In Utah. March 2006 was the last time the Hornets won in Salt Lake City. It has been a while. I actually, uh, Sam Perley of Hornets.com put up the starting lineup for who was. Uh, Ooh, who was it? The starting lineup for March 1st, 2006. For that game, uh, oh, the no. lineup was Gerald Wallace, okay. Raymond Felton, Primoz Brzezak, <laughs> Brevin Knight, and Jermaine Jones. And Jermaine Jones. Jumaine not, Jones. Not Jermaine, Jumaine Jones. Jumaine Jones. And also, Walker Mel came out with a good fact about Jumaine Jones. Really? When he was a rookie, Jumaine Jones hit a three-pointer with three seconds left at Portland on December 30th, 1999, the last game of the night. There were no games on December 31st. So Jumaine Jones scored the last bucket of the 1990s, nay, the last bucket of the 1900s. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> that's 
That's an incredible stat. I'd love to have that stat. Jermaine Jones hit the last bucket of the 1900s. That's incredible. What a stat. Well done, Walker So, Walker Mill, tip of the cap to you, my friend. Well done. And Jermaine, since he actually did it. All right, let's go to the phone lines. GM Joe is back. He's in early today. GM Joe, what's up, brother? How are you? Hey, hey, I'm good. I'm good. I've been on vacation. and uh, Where'd you go? Wanted to sh- well, I went to Hawaii. Ooh. How was that? And uh, Well, the wife and I, we re- renewed our vows uh, 10 years. That's fantastic. So Congratulations. Great. Thank you. Thank you. I wanted to share a, a few sports-related things from Hawaii. Um, the Super Bowl came on at 1.30 p.m., which was kind of weird, but normal at the same time. It felt like a early regular season uh, football game. I love that. That's the one thing I've always been jealous about with West Coast sports fans, like the ability to roll out of bed, you know, and and have college football at 9 a.m. on a Saturday. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and for the NFL to start at 10 a.m. on a Sunday, like you're done watching games like well before bedtime. I've always been jealous of that. It was great. It was absolutely great. And then I got a cousin that lives there. He's a huge comic book collector. And so he sells them on eBay. And so he doesn't have the first issue of Spider-Man, but he has the second uh, issue of, of, of Spider-Man worth a lot of money. Cool. But when I was there, I need, your, I need your advice. When I was there, I had him look up my April 15, 1974 Sports Illustrated with Hank Aaron on the cover holding up the ball that he hit on 7-15 to break Bay Ruth's record. Yeah. And it's worth $450. So should I should I sell it or should I keep it for sentimental reasons? All right. So, I mean, obviously, if you need the if you needed the money, I don't think you'd be calling, right? I mean, right, if you, if you right, were, yeah. So right. my answer to you, like, unless you ever need the money, yeah, I just can't imagine giving that up because I mean, it, okay. as, as time goes on, it becomes rarer and rarer. And obviously, yeah. you're a sports fan. I, you and I've talked yeah. about this in the past. Hank means a lot yeah. to you. I know that and. I think yeah. Hank means a lot to all base, but there's no way I'm giving it up. I, no no okay. way. No way. But but lastly, you're going to love this. Okay, so coming back from Hawaii, I have to change planes in L.A. So so I'm sitting, waiting waiting to board, and, you know, I'm a regular guy. I don't do first class. So they call first class boarding, and I look, and I see this tall guy, and it's Nick Batum. <laughs> getting on the plane. So, so you know, he plays for the Clippers, but now I know he's with the Sixers. So yeah, he's, yeah. Maybe he's in L.A. finishing up some taking care of business. But he's on, he's on his way back to L.A. I mean, back to Charlotte. He's coming back to Charlotte. Charlotte. So I'm thinking, what am I going to say to this guy when I get on the plane? Because I know I'm going to pass him because he's in first class. Mm-hmm. So what I do when I get on there, I just, you know, say, hey, Nick, and hold up my fist for a fist bump. He smiles and fist bump me back. But in my mind, I'm thinking, if he lives in Charlotte, I thought if you rob a bank, you have to leave the state. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he still allowed to live in Charlotte? So you took the classy route, but you didn't want to. All right. You know I what? took the classy route. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. I appreciate the phone call, buddy. Be well. GM Joe. All right, you did one thing, you were thinking the other. Well, a lot of folks probably would have joined you in that. Nick probably was like, he's probably, he probably hates my guts. Probably. Like, there was probably some sense of, oh, he's from Charlotte. There's a 50-50 chance he hates my guts, right? Probably, anyway. <laughs> uh, Jack wants to know who hit the first shot of the 1900 smoke. Was it uh, Vinny Del Negro as well? Was it a Del Negro as well smoke? That's what Jack would like to know on the text line. 
they're never gonna let you live that down, bro. That, that's like me with the the smoking the uh, Mary Jane. They are never. Yeah. Well, this this one's this one's somehow funnier when you gave us the alternative pronunciation of Del Negro yesterday, and the utter shock and terror on your face when you realized the way you'd said it. Well, I'll never forget it. It's it will always be one of my favorite moments in the history of the show. Half the time I don't know if I'm saying it the right way or the wrong way. Yes, now you I, do. You also you abs What do you mean half the time you don't know? It's Vinny Del Negro. I bet I didn't grow up watching him play. Smoke. Come on. I'm being serious. So you're telling me that in the past you have pronounced it Vinny. Have you done this in mixed company before? No. But you've like there's been this internal conflict all these years. Like, how do I say this man's name? Yeah. <laughs> so you've been quietly suffering and tortured all these years. Yes. In, in some way, NC State has tortured me all these years. <laughs> That's hilarious. But now I know. I know. But I. <laughs> wow. I, I just I just thought it was one of those like when I called Jakob Pertle Jakob Poedel that you just had like a, a glitch. Or a stroke or something. I, I, I just didn't want to ask because, A, it's never really pertained to the conversation. Ooh. And, B, I just didn't want to come across as an idiot, but uh, joke's on me now. Well, you know, it, it, I would say it'd make for a great promo, but you probably shouldn't make it a promo. No. Um, let, let's go to, since I promised this in the previous segment, uh, you know, Panthers offseason moves. All, all this, by the way, leading up to the draft and uh, po the possibility. Today, the Panthers don't have a first-round pick. And I do believe that it stays that way. But it's possible they end up trading... You know, Brian Burns to get back into the first round, among other reasons. J.J. Jansen, Triple J, uh, joined Mac and Bone this morning and weighed in on Brian Burns and the Panthers' contract negotiation. A year and a half ago, when the trade was turned down, you knew that a lot of these things were likely to come up. It's just, it, it's a long process negotiating a major deal for a prime player on your team in the prime of his career. So none of this, to me, is a surprise as we've kind of worked back and forth team and player working, trying to get to a, to a middle ground. Remember there has to be two sides to it. So anything Burns turned down wasn't good enough for him and anything that the, the team has offered, you know, they're offering what they're willing to go to. So we're, we're still trying to find a middle ground. What every player is looking for is the long-term deal because with the long-term deal becomes the biggest chunk of, of money from a guaranteed standpoint. But the value of going year to year for the player is they usually are able to maximize their dollars because year to year you go to free agency every year. And with a franchise tag, you won't get to go to free agency yet, but you're getting paid a ton of money to go to free agency before you go to free agency. And then in two years, I think he'd be 27, he'd be a free agent. So there is value in going year to year. There's also tremendous value in getting the, the one big contract. So I, th I think that's what both sides are weighing. All right, that, so he says, hey, long process, a lot that goes into it, very detailed, complex process, which, I mean, this is true. Right, contracts, they don't happen quickly all the time. I mean, you, you can get to money pretty quickly, but, you know, incentives and other things, often when lawyers are involved, things tend to not go quickly. I think a lot of folks out there listening, even in other areas of life, would agree with that statement. When, when a bunch of lawyers get involved, you know, contract negotiators, attorneys, it, it doesn't always tend to go very quickly. Uh, Amit texts in to say the Panthers need more picks to recoup from bad trades that have been made. I don't care who was at 33. They have to trade down on that maybe multiple times and get more picks. We've we've discussed that, but we haven't gone in depth on that. So trading down, I understand that logic. 
And I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to argue with you that, well, I'm looking at teams that are within 10 to 12 picks behind the Panthers there in the second round. I mean, let, all right. So let's, for instance, let's say, I don't know, the Giants. They're sitting there at 39. Do you trade down? I mean, do you try to trade back to 39 to pick up some more picks? Well, unfortunately, you're not going to get as much in return if you just go down six picks in the second round. Well, no, I know. I'm just like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, how far back are you going here? I'd say the most is about 10 to 12. Okay. Or right. Actually, the most is 15. The most is 15. So, you know who's 15 picks later? The Giants. Same same team. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're picking 39th and... 48. 48. Yeah, 39 and 48. So are you targeting the Giants right there at 48? Because they've still got their pick there at, at 39. So it's not like they're abandoning the second round. You, you trade back with the Giants at 48. You pick up an extra what? What are you picking up? Maybe a four for fifth round pick uh, and in a future pick as well. But what if you're sitting there at 33, you're a wide receiver needy team. You need playmakers and you got dudes there, like legitimate. And, and it depends on who you're going to sign in free agency, I think, because that, that also dictates the kind of wide receiver you're looking to draft if you're drafting one. But like we said, if you're looking for a bigger body in free agency and you want to go get Mike Williams, then I think it makes some sense, a lot of sense even, to take Lad McConkey at 33 if he's sitting there. Well, that and also, I, look, we're still early in the process. I remember at this time uh, in 2017, we thought Christian McCaffrey was going to be more available at pick 40 than he was at pick eight. Turns out he was he had to go at pick eight. Um, but right now, I feel like you could trade down five or six spots and still get lad. But then again, it's also one of those situations you do want to risk that. Well, that's it. Are, are you convicted on a player? Do you think that this player at 33, that, like if a Donnie Mitchell's there, and I don't know what their, I don't know what their their grade is. I don't know how they feel about it. But we just bring him up because he comes up, and because Brian Bosarge, you know, mocked him here a couple weeks ago. We talked to Brian. I mean, if you're convicted on that guy, how do you trade out of 33? Because you can get a stud at 30. You you can get a Hall of Famer at 33, man. If you know what you're looking for. So when do you make that call to trade back? A texter here says, Z says, I saw a mock that said the Packers might want 33. And you'd get their second and third, which I think was 80-something. Yeah, I'm looking at the second round. That sounds about right. I think the, the Packers are picking 41st. So eight spots after well, Carolina. Yeah, that's the Jets pick, by the way. Is it? Yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Jets pick. But I'll, I'll put it to you like this. The only wide receiver I am definitely that I would just fawn over completely if they if he was available at 33, which feels like it could be a stretch, would be Troy Franklin, the guy out of Oregon. Yeah, you like Troy Franklin. A lot of folks like Speed. Troy Franklin. Speed. Very fast. Like we said, Lad's fast. I think Troy's a bit faster. Yeah, but I mean, if if you're talking about slight degrees of faster, yeah, I I, I get that. I I still think I'm going McConkey. Mc McConkey. I'm I'm going to overdo that pronunciation. Oh yes, you are. It's my favorite. Let's folks, go to folks. We got two more months of this. Let's, let's go to smoke on the headlines. What's the latest? All right. Well, big news out of Winston-Salem. The Joel is officially sold out for Saturday's massive matchup for Duke, making the trek up to the Joel just that much more challenging for the Blue Devils. Kyle, are you leaning one way or another as of right now? Who's going to win that game? Which game? Wake and Duke on Saturday. <laughs> Kidding. Um, Duke. Definitely Duke. 
Although definitely maybe not. I, I, as a Duke fan, I feel like this could be where to get tripped up a little bit, especially with how much. Yeah, I, just, I don't trust. Game. I look. I, I I don't. It's not that I don't want to trust Wake in big games under Steve Forbes, but like, when's the last time they came through? I'm still taking Duke. What, what else you got? All right. Well, uh, I guess this is in the same line somewhat of Ted Lasso. But do you remember last year when Eli Manning dressed up as uh, this guy named Chad Powers at Penn State practice? I do recall that. Yes. So apparently Glenn, Glenn Powell will star in a Chad Powell and Chad Powers, a Hulu series built around the character created by Eli Manning, Omaha Productions for ESPN. While Powell is taking over for the role, Manning was still involved behind the scenes and sat in on the pitch process. So it's a show about a character that Eli played, and he's going to be heavily involved with this show. All right. Does this interest you at all? I'll look into it some more. Okay. I, I, I'm setting. I'm, I'm pretty. I was going to say I'm setting a high bar, and I'm, I'm pretty uh, picky when it comes to shows. But then there are some folks that would say, "Yeah, but KB, you're watching Love Is Blind right now." Like there's two pe- two people earlier on the show. Hillbilly Hater was like, "I'm embarrassed for you." <laughs> he literally said, that, "I'm embarrassed for you." I mean. I pity the fool. I, I I promise you, Hillbilly Gator, I could not care less. I couldn't care less. What else you got? Uh, That's well, it. Slow, actually, it's a slow news week, Smokey. Well, di- actually, big news for you. Spring training baseball has started today. Okay. And at the end of the seventh inning, the first game, the Dodgers, 14. The Padres won. The Doyers. I mean, how excited are you as a Dodgers fan I'm, for this year? I, I mean, I'm intrigued. I don't have the same childhood fandom that I used to have. You're intrigued. You got Shohei bleeping Otani. I know, but it doesn't feel right. So I, I'm into it. I'm excited. I'll watch it. I'll probably get obnoxious about it at some point. But Damn, listen to this. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just begging for somebody to bring me a baseball team here in Charlotte. That's all I really care about at this point. Give, give me tap. Give me a baseball team, man. I'll help you out. I'll make it worth your while. Just give me a baseball team. We'll come back and wrap up the show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wesson Walker on Friday, we preview a big weekend in ACC basketball, including Virginia, North Carolina, and Duke and Wake Forest on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Woo! All right, so my, uh, my my cry for David Tepper to bring me a baseball team drew some reaction. Uh, specifically from Drew, Firefighter Drew, who says, I think the ownership of the Hurricanes should bring the baseball team to Charlotte. As a diehard Panthers fan, I don't trust Tepper Tantrum at the moment. That's from Firefighter Drew. Firefighter Drew, thank you, brother. Good to hear from you. Um, It'd be great. It doesn't matter which one of these rich guys wants to do it. Well, I guess it does kind of matter. You know what? Gabe Plotkin, Rick Schnall, y'all do it. You're off to a straight. You're, You're off to a great start. Marcus Smith. I doubt he has any interest. Okay. Right. I just, I mean, I'm just saying we've not heard his name come up at all. No, not since the MLS thing went through in 2016. Yeah. Marcus Smith. I hear you. Uh, three, three, six number says KB do not tell Tepper to get another Charlotte sports team. Maybe Plotkin and Schnall. See, we already have enough music events. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but who's to say we don't need more. All right. Uh, Glenn says KB excited for the Hornets game tonight. Then Heading up to Lexington in the morning for the Kentucky-Alabama game. More than a bragging rights game for Nick and Brandon. NBA side bets are a thing. Good show, guys. Let's go, Buzz City. Uh, yeah, it's true. That's side bets. Yeah, Brandon Miller versus Nick Richards. Well, unfortunately, uh, 
Oh, Nick Richards. I was thinking Nick Smith Jr. You were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Different guy. Yeah, different Nick. Um, Yeah. Could be set up. And it, it is funny how they have these set up. I think Mark was talking about it with Leakey now being on the team, how they might have some – or no, it was uh, Leakey talking about it when uh, Willie P was filling in for you at the uh, Spectrum Center one night. Hmm. So, yeah, it, it, it is very interesting. To say the least. Uh, last one, 980 number. Says, uh, KB, if you're going to trade the Panthers' second-round pick – you should get this year's second, next year's second, and a later pick this year. Ooh. Well, it depends on how much you're trading down. Right. I mean, if, you, if you're... So, what? Are we, like, a team that wants to go from 36 to 33, you're going to say, well, well, that tells us that you love one player in particular, so, you know, you're going to pay a premium for that. Okay, I got it. Or is it further back? I, I don't know how you look at, like... I, I don't have off the top of my head the recent examples of what you're saying. I mean, how many teams have said, hey, we'll trade you our second for your second, but you need this year's second and next year's second plus another pick. Is that is that rich? Does that work? Because once you get into the second round, like the draft value chart stuff starts to evade me. I'm not really sure. Is it all situational? It is some, It is still, still situational, plus the draft chart has evolved multiple times over the years. Right, so there really isn't even a draft chart anymore. It, it's... It's not what it used to be, no. Yeah. It ain't Jimmy Johnson's draft chart. Yeah, it ain't Jimmy's draft chart. <laughs> Got to catch you up on what you've missed. It's time for the Rewind. <laughs> trying to think. He says the Panthers did it. What deal was that? Wait, so, so what? Go, he, go he said, he said you, you, you got to get, if you trade this year's second rounder, you're the Panthers. You should get this year's second rounder, next year's second rounder, and a later pick this year. What trade was that? Tell me. Anyway, earlier in the show, Carla Gebhardt, Queen City News, Charlotte Sports Live, thinks the lack of clarity is making the Brian Burns situation more tense than it needs to be. I think we need some clarity, right? I, mean, I think it's uh, quite the, you know, uh, dramatization of what we're watching unfold. I mean, I don't necessarily like to see um, it go down this way, but I mean, something's going to happen soon. It has to, right? Um, because that window is open, and I think, you know, there are a lot of varying opinions about what should happen. I honestly don't, you know, obviously we're going to be in the Combine, at the Combine next week, um, but I don't have a, a great feel for what's going to happen right now. Later in the show, Luke DeCock, Raleigh News and Observer, longtime sports columnist on what he's made of the questions surrounding Duke's toughness this year. But I think it's a valid question to ask when you look at the games they've lost. It's just a question of how you define toughness. I think for Duke, it's really more mental toughness. You know, the, the going after loose balls, um, really dialing in on defense in, in tough environments, even when that's at home and it's a guy like Blake Hinson who's making you look silly. So I, I, think it, I think it is, A, fair to question Duke's toughness. I think it's equally fair for John Shire after last night, after some of the games the Blue Devils have played recently, especially coming out of that Carolina game. He wanted to see a response from his team. And he's seen it. So this is a good time for him to kind of use the bully pulpit, pulpit and point out to people that the questions that I had about my own team, my own team has answered. Later in the same conversation, here's Luke DeCock saying he doesn't think that Kevin Keats is necessarily on the way out the door automatically. You know, the, the sort of uh, state of NC State basketball and Keats and his future and all that, I, I just feel like we're kind of jumping the gun on that a little bit. They still have two big games against Carolina and Duke. They have winnable games, and they have an ACC tournament. 
Um, I, I just feel like people are, are and this, look, this is a sign of the apathy that surrounds that program. There's no question about it. And that is a big picture issue that's not easily addressed. But I just, I just feel like we're kind of veering from uh, extreme to extreme with NC State basketball. And everyone just needs to kind of let, let this play out and see where it goes. And don't forget also, You've got a chancellor who's walking out the door next summer, presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got an AD who hasn't shown a, a, a lot of sort of inclination to make big changes. I'm not sure Kevin Keith's job is in as much danger as everyone thinks it is, even if they miss the tournament. That's the Rewind, to look back into the show each and every day as we wrap things up. As a reminder to get us wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, or Google. We got to go. Uh, we're back at 8 o'clock tonight for the Hornets pregame show. Myself, Travis T-Bone Hancock, they head off to Salt Lake City. Well, they're there already to face the Jazz. Again, 9 o'clock tip, 8 o'clock pregame. We will talk to you then. Until then, for Smoke Ludwig, I'm Kyle Bailey. This is Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You're going to be dead in 100 years anyway. Live dangerously.